Beatniks, bong trips, bullshit. This is a recording of distortion fields across the Atlantic, collapsing conversations, revealing the inherent point that the conversation can begin again every seven seconds. If this is true, then the hologram, then the conversation is a hologram. But the coherence of the ideas come from the personalities of the players, of the beatniks, of the poets, of the musicians. The personalities are revealed, substrate, subconscious, all the way up to cosmic core, within every breath and every sentence. Is that too much bullshit? All right. Listening to Jedediah, he's a poet, he's living in Berlin, and Sean, he's a raging musician musician, who has recently recently realized that he lost his entire discography. Oh, hello. Boosh, 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 boosh. A metabolic hit when there's a bit of fear involved, when it's going off. Pie your spine. Let the wiggle wiggle adrenaline. It's fine. With the wiggle wiggle, take a metabolic, take a metabolic. It keep that creative edge. Live on it. Crack in the publics. Crack in the public at ten. Crack. Cracking. Cracking. That's it. Cracking. The public's at ten percent. You can be at ninety. BBB. <laughs> Are you, are you jumping into a slam? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a slam. No, not. I'm reading you weren't... from my from my January six <laughs> notes, but I don't know. You, like... you wish you were slamming, because then you wouldn't be um, <laughs> flubbing. <laughs> I wish I was slamming, because then I would be authentic, and I would be just right into that. <laughs> I was trying to write a clear thought the other day and it came out fubbled, fubbled and fumbled. And mm-hmm. I, that's when it was like, it just became clear that uh, if you're separated and if you're not, like if you're separated from something real, then it's just gonna fumble. Like if you wanna be graceful, there's gotta be like no fear and then there would be no separation. And if there's no separation, then you're just automatically going to be right in something true. And then most likely you'll be pretty graceful. Yeah. If there's an actual need for it and it's the right time, then it's going to come out smooth. But yeah, where does, what's the, what's the heart of that fumble of that awkwardness? It's like not quite the right time for the thing or it's not fully integrated into your being of what's happening. Like it's, you know, like you're just not being 100% sincere. Is that what causes it? Or is it your brain doesn't work? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I'm talking about two different cases right now. With what I just tried to read to you, that was fumbled because it's like you're trying to jump into it and you're not quite real it's like so you're trying to so automatically it sounds a little bit weird because you're like yeah i'm hitting with this poet voice and it's kind of (laughs) weird and then a lot of what made it cool written once you start reading it it starts to uh starts to miss it and then everything's better at the end and if you miss the end then it's it
Metabolic is. Metabolic that. is. Creative. Keep that. Creative edge. Live on it. Crack in. The public's at 10%. You could be at 90. Second try. Uh, no, yeah. 10% of like brain activity? Yeah, or 10% of being alive, or 10% of being yeah. in contact with direct truth. Could me, should me. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm yeah, uh, just through writing. I was just writing, and I was like, why is this clunky? And, and it was because I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm like, that's still a separation from truth. It's, it, you don't have to be lying to be separated from truth. You also just could be ignorant. Yeah. Latent clunkiness, one step away, one step removed, then it's clunky in the writing itself, not just mm -hmm. in the recitation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, I'm in a reclined position and I'm watching the raindrops fall down. I'm looking through a window and watching the raindrops fall. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. did, you have did you have therapy today? Uh, I didn't have therapy. I, I just had a check-in with my psychiatrist. Mm. The psychiatrist doesn't want to talk to you. He just wants to give you drugs. Oh, is that really? Yeah. I mean, they need to talk to you some probably more so in the beginning, but they're really just looking at your therapist or your psychologist notes and then trying to keep your appointment short. Cause like really all they're there for is to adjust your medication. Mm. That's a weird job. Just like checking the dials of everybody and seeing what things are going to push on them. It's the modern shaman, but it's also, it's a, it's a weird job because it's rooted in the belief that all of these like psychiatric medications are helping people. Yeah. <laughs> Which may, I'm not claiming they are helping or are not helping, yeah. but so that's a weird thing to believe <laughs> and like subscribe your whole existence to. At what point, at what reality are you separated from? That, that could be part of the thing. You could be locked into such a distorted field of reality, a, dis what, a distortion field. What reality are you separated from? <laughs> I'm locking in. I'm zeroing in. I'm increasing orbit on Sean, on your incline share with the rain I coming was down. I was just trying to learn a bit about the Earth's orbit around the sun right before our session here. Um, because I, I just learned that we are, uh, yesterday was the perihelion, which is the place in our orbit where we're the closest to the sun, which also means we're traveling the fastest through space. Mm. Mm. It is. It is one weird planet, man. There is a lot of like balance to the way that we orbit. And it, I can't wrap my mind around all of it. It's really interesting though. You would think that being closer to the sun would make it a lot hotter, but it, it, it doesn't matter nearly as much as the tilt of the earth does. Um, but what's weird is that even though during our summer in the Northern hemisphere, we're actually the furthest away from the sun that we get, 
the northern hemisphere still gets a bit warmer than the southern hemisphere because there's more land on the northern hemisphere and the land is easier to warm up than the oceans are. But, and what's what weird, too, the date that the perihelion or the aphelion, which is when you're the furthest away, the dates those hit shift every year, like by a couple of days, but it like goes back and forth. It's really weird. Like an oscillating back and forth? Yeah, and they'll completely reverse, like they'll completely change to the opposite side, you know, like 180 degrees or whatever, every 22,000 to 26,000 years. Mm, so I was like, oh, that's the cycle right there, dude. That's like the avataric cycle. It's, wh it's when the Earth's orbit has fully rotated around so that then we would have uh, wind... Well, and it makes sense too that you get these longer like cycles of like you know deeper winters or like you know like heat, hot and cold cycles on the planet would, would change because of this. Like twenty thousand years from now, will be the closest to the sun during the summer. Right now, we're the closest to the sun during the winter in the northern hemisphere. Um, Damn, and that was yesterday, huh? What like that's January fourth. Yeah. This is all. This is news to me because it's frequently on my birthday. Yeah. My birthday frequently this the single day where we're the closest. It's like you're, it, you're it's, born in the sun, my friend. I was born um, as close to the sun as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless you're in a spaceship. <laughs> triple, triple. And what's weird triple too? Capricorn. I think the the triple Capricorn straight into the sun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand it, but I think if, like, if you were, there's some kind of imaginary point between the sun and the moon that's actually the what's orbiting, like they they kind of act as like a mass together because the moon is orbiting Earth, it's like the mass of both of them play factor into the the orbit around the sun. What, what does it mean that we're going the fastest? Like we, our travel through space speeds up when we get closer to it, and then you like whip around and go far away, and it slows down. The slowest okay. we go, yeah, it, yeah, further away. I remember that scene now in Star Trek Four where they're traveling back in time to save those humpback whales, but in order to get there, they gotta whip the Enterprise around the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm Definite whipping motion. <laughs> yeah, we're whipping. We're whipping. I dude, do you think there's people on the planet that can feel this? That have it they they can sense this in their bodies? Oh for sure. Oh yeah? They're called musts. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That um, uh, that thing you sent with Baba, uh, the Baba is traveling and on his must uh, like journey where he's going to pick up more musts. Yeah, and he uh, he gets the must inside the bank, and everybody in the bank leaves so the Baba can talk to this must. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good, <laughs> the must who's constantly ripping his clothes apart and then sewing them back together.
such a dad, dude. You like go on a road trip to find these guys. Like to go on a road trip to find the most insane. You've like heard of this insane person, and now you're gonna go, you know, and go like have a chat with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna narrate a bit of context of this twenty-two thousand year cycle of avatars. Is these uh, supreme beings that come into Earth about every twenty-two thousand years or so? And this latest one, Mayor Baba, had a whole section of his life where he was traveling about visiting homeless and insane asylum crazy people because they were actually interdimensional interlopers that were living in a different time and space, but also on Earth. (laughs) Is that about (laughs) getting it? Something like that. Sean, what I'm trying to do with this podcast with you is create... To, like today a, or in general? Uh, today. Today, okay. but also in general. A con- tr- like a, a statement of theme that has been emerging is this idea that the BBB is a hit of acid for people that don't know where to get it. Or... <laughs> someone's looking to trip out and you just send them a, a link to the BBB yes or maybe they even if they could find acid they wouldn't want to have to tell their wife about it so instead they put the BBB on and then they are sober at work like within this within this realm yeah so it's like these developing conversations that span like over the trip and kind of move in and out of time and perspective and and scope as well. Mm-hmm. And then I feel that the narration comes in because we're friends and we know, but there's a lot of lingo and ideas that come up. And then there's sort of like there's kind of a backstory bump of okay, well, how do you land somebody into this idea of avatar? Or how do you move somebody into this idea of must? Or what is this poetic rambling? Mm, you're trying to bring everybody in. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Is that a bad idea? Tell me about that. No, I don't think it's a bad idea. You got to have like a continuous entry point. Ideally, if it's a good thing, you could jump in at any point and it would kind of start to make sense. Yes. And how does that work? I mean, that is the ideal. The ideal is to be a hologram. Of yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the holographic nature of it. Yeah. So about every seven seconds, it's another ripple of... New of beginning. Like, <laughs> a new beginning. And the beginnings are with like a chuckle. There's a slight giggle of like euphoria. Yeah. I like the idea of this being accessible to people that are not like us. Logical people? <laughs> yeah, like the everyday the everyday man. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to respond to your um self-commentary with the Starseed Transmissions by Ken Carey. 
an extraterrestrial report. <laughs> yeah, which who's is a, this, who's this Ben <laughs> Carey? Who's Ben Carey? I, I don't know, other than that he's written this kind of trippy new age book that I found in a free library, published yes. by. And yes, this is the origin, dude. The public, the free public free library is like the interlinking of you and your day. It's you walking along, and then it's cycled through your interest. It's like running yeah. through the algorithm of the public, the display, your interest, and timing and geolocation. Yeah, I love these books when these come up. I love reading books that came from my neighborhood someone in the neighborhood supplied this book yeah yeah do you think they read it and they're like oh somebody else in the neighborhood needs to know this or do Probably. you think they're like this book sucks let me get rid of this. i gotta get rid of this <laughs> <laughs> could be both could be either one it's kind of what makes the free mm -hmm. library so prime for rightness is it's like always going to be this like edge of of disaster, but also the best. It's like the uh, book you might be embarrassed to have on your bookshelf when somebody comes over to your house. <laughs> I can't. I, I think Mein Kampf is the only book I can think of like that. <laughs> I can't think of too many books I'd be embarrassed to have. Yeah. Well, you're not much of a book burner. By this book, the Starseed Transmissions, because, like, you know, there's, like, no... There's, like, an introduction or, like, something written by somebody else or, like, some something. There's a bit of, like, somebody else's perspective, you know, saying, like, hey, this is a good book. This is a real thing. Pay attention to the author. But in this book, the introduction is by the author himself, and you can tell even within the first two pages that the whole thing is basically going to be a bunch of new age mumbo jumbo bullshit, like informational <laughs> kind of contextual, focal, energetic, just like words that don't actually make very much sense. But it's got a lot of things like metaconceptual and uh, it's it just like this. It, it just doesn't say anything it just keeps going on and on and on about all this fake bullshit vibrate about vibrational transformations. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Dude, bring us to the sermon. I'm well, I'm having some technical issues as I'm talking to you because for some reason it keeps popping my audio out of the headphones. Yeah. But, I'm hearing that on this end. I'm hearing that on take your time. Um, I, I've been, I've been a little bit too, I just today I like, I'm like, you know what? You got to let go of the, uh, like conspiracy theory, like non, like, not, like where conspiracy theory merges with geometry and then aliens. It's like, I've been going a bit too far into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there's this kind of like very simple understanding of the universe and the way it works, which is not entirely contrary to like modern science and quantum physics and such. But at the same time, it's a bit different than like the normal approach to how things work. 
and it it's it's a bunch of varied stuff like it's a lot of different ideas but they all sort of boil down to the same thing and you kind of get into that frame of thinking i don't know i've been thinking a lot about simplifying my life and when i say my yes, life yes i don't I, I don't necessarily mean what i'm doing each day though it is that too but like literally my consciousness I don't yes. want my I don't want my brain to be so complicated. I want it to yeah. be a more simple place. Be your own thought producer. You got your own diamond sutra. Your perfect hollowness. Yes. Or would you rather go to the free library, pick up a book, open a page, and find yourself on Jupiter? You pick up and you open it to page three, and it says, I will merge back into the being behind all being. That's how you judge the holographic imprint of this book's uh, transmission of, <laughs> like, uh, channeled wisdom. Okay, hit me there with that sentence again. I, I like that sentence, actually. Hit me one more I'm going to hit you with a different one, because they're all the same. <laughs> this, is nothing, this is nothing more or less than every atom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> This is nothing more or less than every atom. At one point, it's so small and you won't even notice it. And at the other point, it's every atom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with this guy. I spent like 30 minutes the other day Googling up how many atoms are in the universe. And, and trying to <laughs> <laughs> Somebody thinks they know. <laughs> <laughs> they were saying that there's more g moves in a go board than there are atoms in the universe, and I was like, "Well, that's a what? lot of go." Yeah, yeah, and then it's a pretty comprehensive <laughs> equation for the atoms in the universe because they just start computing the mass of the sun and then just sort of use that as an average and spread it out and start crunching numbers, and it's like a quadrillion zillion atoms. I'm sure every mathematician would tell you that there are more digits in pi than there are atoms in the universe, but I dare you to try to write them down <laughs> without atoms in your graphite pencil. Yes. Yes. That's a good dare. That's a really good dare. <laughs> Hit me with page 28. Oh yeah. You want page 28? Well, I'm going to hit you with page 24. Mm -hmm. You are living in the shadow of an event not yet taken place. Mm. This is perfect. I mean, <laughs> aren't, aren't we, though? Aren't we rolling backwards in time from some sort of master event that's pulling us towards it? Yeah, so if, if this... If this um, thing of like continuous new beginnings that anybody yeah. could jump into the BBB at any point and start to understand what a must is or what the avatar is. Yeah, if that's yeah. true. If there's a new age dialogue that goes along with like a new way of communicating information, you should be able to just flip through the book and read random sentences in the middle of paragraphs and, and still get the same ultimate picture you are where your attention takes you page 45 
Mm, that is where you are, though. If you follow your attention there, then that is you there. Yeah, I like that poem you just sent um, right before we started about the, the cones. You're, you are a cone of consciousness. Right? Yeah. yeah you're, the, you're the apex of your, uh, of your family's history. Yeah. <laughs> Jutting through space and time. Plowing between, ahead. Between bridge, between the physical reality and now this shared language to explain something beyond language is metaphors. Enough metaphors become myths in the myth is encoded into culture, living through a labyrinth of code. The authority outside of ourselves engage or passive or share equal in the internal doing, the absolute work of absolute being, a gesture of piety in all eternity, interruption, interpretation of all things, an apex cone of our ancestors. The beliefs, acts, and events which determine them all, things start out without being, untouchable, all sound without being heard. Each of us is a new cone from which all of these events will arise. Indra's net, some savior, the intensity, some savor, the intensity, the spirituality, the tenacity of Zen practitioners over the past thousand years or more burst the bag so watch this. drive the whole soul perception in perception in perception in perception burst the bag drive the whole soul perception into great emptiness the great stillness jamming and playing like your kalimbas and bongo drums Mm. No, it's good. We're back in now. We've we've recovered from the fumble. Mm. Yeah, apex cone. <laughs> apex cone of our ancestors. How dare they give us a hint that the truth is oneness, but we still have five fingers on one hand. Imagine living in a society where everybody just took that as common, like common sense that everything is one. It was such common sense that their perception of a reality really didn't end at their fingers and hands. It really did start to merge into everything around them so that every like everything became hollow. And everybody was just moving through each other like some sort of jellyfish, like undulation of just thoughts and actions and pulses and truths. There would be no greed and there would be no exploitation. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But how many orgies would there be? Like probably two. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Or fewer than you'd think, because it would the definition of the orgy would change, because it would have nothing to do with the location of your genitals. <laughs> yeah, you'd be all the time, be like human pyramid at all. <laughs> oh, that's why you were sending those human pyramids. <laughs>
I got into human pyramids yesterday. Just like the, I've been into, I've been really actually into pyramid power. So then I was like looking up human pyramids to see if anybody's gotten into that. Did I tell you that we went to a circus? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we went, we went to a really cool traveling circus and they had this like super rad, like brand new tent that goes up and it has like all the frills and cool, like red and white stripes and just like perfect circus, you know, set up in the parking lot of the Capitola mall. And, um, those guys are daredevils. They're like mm -hmm. risking their lives. Like, like if they screw up, they would die and they're in front of an audience doing it. And that's why everybody's so entertained. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, you're on the edge of it. Your oh, potential man. inflammability, your potential crushed spine is yes. really on the edge of the seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then give it one more boost and wrap it in some sequenced spandex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ride your motorcycle in a cage while you're also in yellow tights. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I want to know about the circus people's like what are they do what, what are they doing like backstage, the backstage circus world. <laughs> you, you got a little bit of that when you were working at the carnival. Yeah, I totally did. Yeah, there's definitely like a whole I mean, uh, yeah, there's the whole other scene. It's a whole world. It has it's like its own they had a and moods and attitudes. Like. They had a cool thing going at this circus because it was um, like the, the people, the performers were the ones who were the ushers. They were bringing people in and showing them to their seats and like chatting with them. And then these were the same people that you saw doing amazing things up on stage in a, a few minutes later. Yeah. So you've already made eye contact. You've already said hello and like shared a joke and they were like so sweet and like careful and like paying attention to each person and their needs and like making you feel special, you know, and it was cool that they had this sort of like this, the kind of skill you would need to run a five star hotel, but then they're also like pole vaulting and, you know, uh, tightrope walking and, and like pirouetting at the top of the rafters and things like this. Mm-hmm. What kind of training regimen do you think they go into? And could it be that that training regimen, what it took to be a pole vaulting ballerina, also led them to have the maitre d' skill of a five-star hotel? Like, or just to be like that human decency level is up that high. Do you think being miraculous yeah. leads you to manners? I like Maybe that. they're just showmen. Huh. It could be. They, they've got to have like a number of skills. I imagine there's some people with incredible talents who are just assholes and they can't be anything. Mm -hmm. We still got you? Are you still there? Yeah. This will sound cool later as we have the destiny and reverse effect of time catching up with itself. Like we're still going. It'll all scoot back.
with integration, honesty, flow, galvanizing space, become the vibe, the emotional state entangled, a state of swallow. Mm. Detailed, tethered, circular, fulfillment, far out, personal, relevant. The rain is coming down harder now. Probably. They kind of feel like that, don't they? Like, I, I would recognize a Sean Melody for sure. Oh, yeah. Visually speaking? I don't know if I would recognize it visually, because I would have to know the co uh, codes and to see how they compare with other melodies. I don't know if I know the visual vernacular of, of melodies yet. Mike used to say that he would know a single line on a blank piece of paper if I was the one who had made the line. That's so <laughs> intimate. <laughs> <laughs> Would you know the difference between a Paul melody and a John melody? I, you know, you think that you do. Everybody thinks they do. And then you watch that Beatles get back and you realize like, oh, Paul was doing a lot of these ripping ones. Like, Paul kind of was, was doing it. <laughs> and also that just it was coming from places you didn't expect it to be coming from yeah where was that like that rad dude they had ripping on the keys he wasn't even a beetle he was doing like half of the um whatever that last album was yeah abbey road abbey road um no um let it be let it be let it be. Dude, to be that injection into the Beatles, to come into the room and they're like, yeah, we need some keyboards. To be the guy who's all over the Let It Be album, but nobody knows your name. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, I didn't, I, he kind of seems so cool. I don't think he... I'm sure everybody knew back then. Like, I don't think he cared so much about the legend of it. No, I think he was probably one of the most privileged people there. To be a part of the recording, but to be anonymous is probably way better than to have the burden of everybody knowing your name. Yeah, wh why is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome to the hologram. Yeah, welcome to the hologram. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, uh, you know, I mean, you know me. I don't know. Spheres of experience and creation expand and contract. You're going to become the biggest thing that knows everything. And you're also going to be the absolute non-existent. Um, you're going to get both of those things. And they're both ultimately the same anyway. So, um, Sean, have you, could you, or would you write one of these star seed books? <laughs> it's, it's like the lamest thing. I don't, I don't know how to put it. And I, I didn't read the whole thing because I couldn't stomach it. I just started reading it. And I'm like, okay, I know what this all is. It's not any new information for me. And yeah. it's not <laughs> sexy. That's the part that started turning me off the other day from it. As I was like, I feel like I'm getting a limp dick from this. Like, <laughs> you, there's nothing in it that you could explain to a woman and have it charge the room. There was like, a, I, I was trying to find it right now, but I can't find it. I was just pulling random words from it. And he was, he was saying, the author's saying, uh, I, I'm now tri transmitting this information to you, into your, into the cells of your body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the thing is though, is I love it. I, I'm just like, yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like, well, I've been talking about this stuff for like a couple of years now. Yeah, because when you try to explain the unexplainable, you're going to sound like an idiot. But there's no end to the amount of explanation you could attempt. It's not. It's never going to be explained. It's never going to come through. And even within your own mind, it's like it's a limitation of language. But more than that, it's a limitation of your mind because your mind is not capable of comprehending it. Yeah, that's um, I, I ultimately why I put a stop on it. I didn't put a stop because I'm like so into. I like I want to borrow this book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hit me with another one. Every cell of my atoms. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I don't know if my mind comes up with something that doesn't understand it. Like I, you understand it. How, how is it not the thing? You I mean, I guess it, it. I guess it would be if I hadn't already been there. It, it, I could be in a different place in my life where I picked this up and I'd never read anything like it before. But once you've got it, then you don't really need to like harp it over and over and over again. Mm. Mm. Unless you really are harping it. Like one of those big harps and you're just playing all these sentences that are just like coming out. Yeah, well, and I guess the the pullback like meta perspective on it that I have today is again, that you can't understand it. You, you could spend ye whole lifetimes talking about it, trying to understand it, thinking about it, putting it in a new way, looking at it from a different angle, but like a crystal. It, you're never going to hit it. You're never going to get it and be done. And there's always going to be another go around the loop. And so it's kind of a nicer feeling to just like, rest and relax and hold hold the knowledge and like be at peace with it you're never gonna it is a nicer feeling to be at peace but i don't understand what you're never gonna hit like you're never gonna hit absolute truth or you're you're never gonna hit like an understanding of yeah. all the metaphysical bullshit 
yeah, the experience of everything and the nothing all at once. Like you will hit it eventually, but you're not going to hit it through talking about it. Mm-hmm. The experience of everything and nothing all at once. Yeah, so much so that you're manifesting your thoughts and you're existing within a whole octave of dimensions and crossing over and coming back and seeing one shape just grow into all the other shapes and possibilities. Right, and it's like if you never brought your mind to that place where that could be a possibility, then maybe books like this or maybe the BBB would be helpful. But if you have already kind of figured that out then it just sounds so douchey (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes that's been my problem i will say i've been so aware of that and it's like i can't recognize that that's just what it is and it's like the only piece that i've made is i'm like fuck it i like it i I like it and it like charges me up this is so much that uh, I wanted to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this is why you tell me not to listen to the BBB. Yeah, well, <laughs> it charges you up so much that oh, I want to make a circus act that is part <laughs> like Southern Baptist preacher, and it's you on a podium, and you're just going through this kind of like star seed informational transfer and yeah. you're doing a podium with like a 90s powerpoint presentation and a chalkboard and people come in and they're presented with information that they will then be able to teleport themselves and then you reveal that the teleportation doesn't go anywhere else than where they are right now it's just that everything absolutely will change and then the next like point of interest will be you connecting them with the center of the galaxy in the pre-fall state of awareness you existed in the nodule the all the everything the nothing the primal void where all exists in a state of attention serious like just preaching the word and like converting and drumming up this sort of emotional sense of importance of like yes you're on the cusp of it you're about to understand you're going to get the secret knowledge the secret files are going to be opened you know the iraq war how we went in and secured saddam's castle do you know what's in there anunnaki spaceships and supplies that saddam had been since they landed in Iraq, since they came in ancient Sumeria and simultaneously pyramids erupted in South America, Egypt, and China, and Iraq. And we're going to take this ship all the way under the ocean and straight up to the Pleiades or like some other like 12 to 12 foot tall aliens. Yeah. Yeah, see, this is where I start to get a little confused. And the, the New Age dialogue starts. No. Oh, you know, spaceships are being hidden. I don't know how that entered the dialogue. That's not part of my dialogue. Everything exists, so these. And then we start. 
making the avatar is quite detailed if you'll notice I am now blending my consciousness with the cells of your body in order to provide you with some of the more specific information that I do occasionally relate. What you're expecting is, but I do this as little as possible. If I take this velocity and I change it to pitch, no, is that what I was doing? Is this the one that was changing? Yeah, look, I was adjusting yes. the pitch subtly over here, but I was actually getting into every Audio single check. note. Audio check. On the the host is recording the meeting. Blending okay? with you now in this communication that is also Updated. communion, I can sense a forthcoming period Updated. of union. Updated. Yeah. Our failures have brought us closer, Sean. <laughs> See, now there's this dynamic of the video. I guess if we were real podcasters, we'd have like and there's that pitch videos, right? They usually you can just watch the podcast and then you get to see so Joe Rogan things that I want to, with his like, bald show head. You how to do this and shiny yeah. knobs move, and you can record them. And yeah, this is it. We're, we're starting in on this then, realm of it. I have a feeling that this will probably be smoother than the anchor thing that we were doing. Yeah, I'm gonna miss the beat bopping, but it's good to keep plowing forward. I, I think the sound of this will come off. You like all the file transfers. <laughs> I do. I like getting long form versions of the probability techno. Well, that could happen anytime. I was just I was putting those in the Dropbox specifically to send to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But it brought us into that realm. <laughs> My discography is in danger. Yeah. Oh, no. Tell me about this. I have so much recorded audio and albums and things. And for a while, I thought that I had done a pretty good job of keeping that all organized and together. That was one of my projects during the manic phase was like trying to make sure that I had a solid record and like digital backups and stuff of all the music I've ever made. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I don't know if I have it anymore. <laughs> Quite recently, it's been more like lost. <laughs> become your own record label while on the upward swing of apexing into your manic mental breakdown. It's like, <laughs> that's a recipe, dude. That's a recipe. It's really swinging for it. It's like you're either going to lose everything you've ever recorded or you're gonna release it all yeah I'm, a, I'm surprised that i was able to well i never did get released because i think there's some kind of um i, I like being a record label that's hidden in a vault <laughs> mm -hmm. it will never it will never be released except unto the ears of god yeah, and to you and everybody else once they've died and it crossed over into the other realm. Or if you're an Egyptian god, at the end of all of it, they're going to have your discography and weigh all those songs against a feather to see if you pass <laughs> or not into the record store backstage of the afterlife. <laughs> How every single song you've ever written compared to a feather. You know, that feeling when you're walking down the street and you make eye contact with a stranger and they see you and you just 
you have that feeling of being seen, like someone has witnessed you. There's been an imprint of like, Oh, I just mm-hmm. saw that person took a drink of them. And they also got a, a bit of me. They, they saw me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now these feeling that is a very the, potent feeling with these platforms like YouTube and TikTok and what have you. It's like you're putting your face out there for the anonymous public user to come and see you. It's mm-hmm. pretty unreal to think about hundreds of thousands of people seeing seeing that person and that person doesn't really get to see them back very much necessarily. But that like that feeling of being seen and then just having it hyper multiplied, amplified. Anyway, kind of the same thing with my music. I think it's like, it's an inherent thing that people have to like, want to be famous a little bit or want to be seen or want to be heard. And at one point in my life, I had that feeling. I was like, I want people to listen to my music, but now it's more that I would want it to be a secret. (laughs) I think there's something super slick and like underground bass about having all of your songs never heard about have them be vaulted <laughs> yeah you know it's like area 51 style right 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 only the very the few the, prime select get to hear this thing yeah you gotta know that it exists it's like yeah. the, the thing about a vault though is they're safe yeah they're dry they're in an airlocked container it is absolutely unacceptable that your discography is getting lost to the digital winds. Yeah, I had I had two thumb drives that I thought both had the whole thing on there, so I thought I was pretty legit. But then one of those thumb drives was in my hobo bag. I had like a satchel that I was carrying around everywhere when I was homeless, and that was what I like carried my wallet and like all of my important stuff in. And when you I moved, were, you had all of your songs in a thumb drive on your hobo bag. That is a modern tale of a man. Well, of a man on the road. When I moved back indoors, that bag for some reason just ended up on the floor of the closet in the house, and I wasn't using the bag anymore. But the thumb drive was still in it, and there wasn't very much stuff in there that was useful to my daily life because I had kind of taken all that out. I was using it, but there was just a few kind of like random things in this bag and it was sitting on the floor of the closet and I guess it got moldy and Taya found it and just threw the whole thing out without realizing that there was anything to salvage mm-hmm. in it. Cause it was just covered in mold. Yeah. And yeah totally, totally. I mean, that's checking. Yeah. Check, that's and a, then check. That's a yeah. modern folklore dude. About <laughs> the man coming back in the house and his hobo bag is moldy inside. It's ironic that the bag did its job perfectly well when I was living in a tent and in the forest, but then I moved indoors and put it in the closet and it molded. Yeah, yeah. Look into the symbolic imprinting of everything enclosed within everything in that. (laughs) That the bag that was supposed to, that kept you safe outdoors betrayed you when it was indoors it kept everything safe it kept your thumb drive safe with all of your songs the symbology of it has something to do with that i was leaving the bag 
on the floor of the closet, kind of in interspersed with a bunch of rubble. And the, and I knew that the only thing of value in that bag was the thumb drive. But for some reason, I wasn't taking the thumb drive out and putting it somewhere safer or like special in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have a will. To I let death. it. I let you it go. Yeah. It was a death. will to death. Yeah. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Sean, what if all of your songs are gone? I, some of them might be. I don't think all of them are, but a lot of them are. And they're not on my laptop anymore. Like, I don't know where they are. I, I, okay, 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 okay. Wow. I thought, I thought you could buy a CD on Amazon, but apparently you can't do that anymore either. No, you have one available on Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to go give you a copy of the um, 2012 <laughs> I don't know. That's probably around. I don't have a physical CD, that's for sure. You don't? Oh my God. I definitely don't have the CD. The digital files are probably somewhere. Oh no. Yeah, I know. It's it's a it's a weird feeling. <laughs> that album is so good. Fuck. <laughs> you know, the thing is, too, is like you can't go back. Like you can't recreate art. Like no way. Taylor Swift Swift did it. I guess Taylor Swift went back and recreated her first album. That's it was cool. on a, it was on a record label that was just screwing her over, and she's like, you know what, fuck you guys, and just re-recorded the album she did at like 16. Whoa. And it was like, it's the same album, but just it's like a little bit better. She can sing better now. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool idea. Could you go back and re-record just body playing? <laughs> I could try, but I don't think it would turn out anywhere near the same. No, I think that your music might be impossible to recreate. That's one yeah, of probably. the things that gives it that strength. <laughs> I don't have the same size chopstick that I can shove into the guitar. No, no, no. no. Uh-uh. You're not in the same emotional state too. Like your music definitely comes from an emotional psychic state. It's like yeah. permeating into your self. It's like it's into your voice. It's into your voice and then into your yeah. rhythmic sense and then into your melodic unfolding. And it's like a vehicle of your passion. Yeah, because there's a there's an honesty in the expression. So you can't recreate honesty. Yeah. Is there a formula to being authentic? Can you recreate honesty? Or do you just always tap back in? Whatever the formula to being authentic is that's our research right there. That's the daily like grind of the spiritual path. How do we become honest with ourselves? Yeah. So that we're untethered and free and flowing and existing within it. Is it that hard? Why is that that hard? It seems as if that should be one of the easiest things. I don't feel like I know what I want anymore. I don't have an accurate connection with my own desires because sometimes I think I want something, but sometimes I think I don't want that thing. Yeah. Okay. You see what I mean? 
So then there's this like muddledness that comes out in it. Yeah, that is super muddled. Like to, to have the focus of knowing what you want, there's that's a there's a laser encased within that. Yeah. If your desire is clear, then at least you can go for it and like act on your passion. Yeah. But my theory is that ultimately all passions and all desires will bite you in the ass because they're all false to begin with. We have to experience them as real. Like it's an honest thing that we wanted in the first place. But once you get to know it enough, it's going to turn around and start to bite you because you don't need anything. Mm-hmm. You don't need Why? anything. <laughs> Why don't you need anything? Why don't you need anything? Yeah. That's <laughs> what a bold statement should i back it up with some more bullshit (laughs) well (laughs) you don't need things that are outside of your heart you don't need things that are derived from your mind slash ego you only need those things to bring you to the point of collapse so that you can get closer to your heart but you absolutely don't need anything from your heart. It's just, it's also well, just given. It's full. We, it's like brimming. We, a- we absolutely do need the experience that we're having presently and everything that goes along with that. But we absolutely don't need anything else that we think we need and don't have. <laughs> I love it when it's a tongue twister, when it's like, a, for me, it has this like pull a pin and a grenade and it's like that fuse is sizzling. It's just like, absolutely don't need anything that we don't have, but you need everything that you're at right now. Yeah. <sighs> what do you confused about that? What do you keep thinking that you want or need? And then you like think on it again. And you're like, nah, I don't, I'm not into that. Uh, like a like singing experiences or um, you know metabolic things in your body, food, drugs, whatever. You want to feel good. Mm-hmm. You want some endorphins. Mm-hmm. You want some mm-hmm. pheromones. Um, mm-hmm. I like this list: singing, <laughs> endorphins, pheromones, metabolic states. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How are we putting this together today? We have some disjointed files. Are we going to include our disjointed files? Are we going to include all of our fuck-ups in the final picture? Yes. Yes. They they brought us to here. They brought us to here. (laughs) We can hold it in conversationally. I mean, this is the ultimate hologram. Well, because I'm I'm already going to start pulling it in, which is why I'm asking before i pull oh in. yeah no please please yeah podcast is start let's this is it that's i'm well, excited that we got this going because i was i like it was like yes let's get back yeah here. thank you thank you for talk. coming up with a diff- different tech I, I suggested a different tech and you you supplied it um, you were talking earlier about putting sean on a pe- on a pedestal and having him preach the holographic message with a chalkboard yes. and, a, and a powerpoint and um, yes. my version of doing that would be the improvisational singing group. I want to get, uh, oh yeah, right. I want to get everybody in the same space to 
open up and freak out. And, um, and so that's an example of something that I maybe think that I need or that I'm like, you know, working towards manifesting, um, right. The feeling of being powerful, fuck the feeling of being powerful. <laughs> You're so reclusive to the idea of being powerful. Yeah. <laughs> you got some sort of there. <laughs> Why does it have to be powerful? Well, it's like changing people. It's changing the very essence of spirit. You can't help but do it. It's happening all the time. Mm. But I like I like the effect of it within myself. Um but Why when you start is it framed as being powerful, though, when what it's doing is just activating something in other people, it's like a release. It's almost like you're giving something to people. It's not like a power over them. It's like you're giving a place for them to let go. It's hmm. a nice way to think about it. I mean, you're not going to be able to control it. If you get a bunch of people in the park and you have them set off on screen and yelling, <laughs> like, what is like? <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, my interest in it is not really rooted in the power of it. It's more in the experience of connection. Is it not rooted in the power of it? I kind of get the feeling that it is. Well, I guess that's the hang-up, maybe. Whatever yeah. part of it is rooted in that would have to be uprooted before it could really manifest. People, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, maybe and what, maybe not. Where do you think the powering comes from? Like, is this from your past life as a slave driver on a Viking boat? The, oh, the, the connection to power? Yeah, where you were the guy that was yeah, right? singing and drumming and making everybody work and rode yeah, the Viking boat. I do believe that that happened at some point. Right. Um, do you think you have some lingering desire to continue on? Because, like, everybody wants that job. Everybody on the boat has to work, but there's one guy that, like, plays the drum and gets everybody to, like, yeah. row harder. So totally. that's, like, the maestro musician that's using the music as a way to get people to work more. You have right. to be good at that to get that position. You have to be, like, one of the best. Yeah. And if you have that in your psychic lineage, why would you not have a little bit lingering along? And why would you not then want to get up on the podium and start just like calling people in? <laughs> I say go further, get yourself a tuxedo with the tails and one of those little sticks, like a maestro. <laughs> Like a maestro. <sighs> I remember there was a guy I met in India uh, who wanted to make an ashram where I was the guru. He was like, mm -hmm. he was telling me we could do it. It was interesting <laughs> that he put oh. it out that way. He saw the vision like, oh, you're the guru. 
People yes. will come to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. No. And, we and that for whatever that. reason, that person showed up in my field and was feeding me this idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's common along the spiritual path, this like fight with power, this struggle with power, or whether you have it or whether it, someone else has it or just what it is, the understanding of power. Power itself is kind of a fundamental in the universe. And so you're going to get to know it from all sides, above and below and top and bottom, right and left, and everywhere, every other dimension you can approach it from. The issue of what is power, the issue of what is, is power? at the essence of our knowing what truth is. Sense of our knowing what truth is. Sense of our knowing what of our knowing what truth is. I remember Zen level of power, like a Zen level where you just step back and it's all flowing through you like the most powerful things are like the bending and the giving and the just being at the place of it like of stepping into the flow of it yeah mm-hmm. did, did this did what did you do with this guy did you sign up did you guys make a little oh that, there's a whole a thing break? with that guy that guy and i uh rode a motorcycle across india for a while together he was my um, tripper buddy in India. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We took a trip to try to go find some mushrooms. We found some, yeah. but they weren't very good. <laughs> they weren't very strong. It was the wrong season, but he didn't know that at the time. But you guys went on a motorcycle mission together to get this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We He's like, on the back of your bike? Well, he made me be on the back. I, it, I mean, it's, oh. it's a whole story. It's a whole Whoa. story. He, have he I, have I not told this story already? I think I have. <laughs> he co-opted your motorcycle? Well, I had been riding like the little Honda Hero, like 100cc, like a tiny little economy bike everywhere. But you see from time to time in India, the Royal Enfield is like the big, strong, like Harley Davidson of India. India, India. Royal Enfield? Yeah, the Royal Enfield feels like a much bigger and more powerful motorcycle. And I had been seeing them and I really wanted to try driving one. And so this guy helped me find a rental. Like his buddy had one and he would, they would rent it to us. And he kind of helped and he kind of hook it up and he kind of hook it up and and I'm paying for this rental thinking that I was going to be the one who got to drive the motorcycle. But then the dude was like, no, no, you're a Westerner. You don't know how to drive here. I'm not driving on the back of this thing with you. You're riding on the back with me. I'm the Indian. I know how to be safe on the roads. The roads, the roads, the roads. So he would never let me ride the bike. It was a funny relationship I had with that guy. We were like super passionate and like heated and like we were drawn to each other as friends. But then we would also find each other like screaming at each other on the side of the road next to this motorcycle because we're like fighting about who's going to drive it. <laughs> this is power. This is power. <laughs> You guys would have been a perfect buddy cop movie starting your like fraternity of um, guru worship together. In that same town, like right around the same time that I was making friends with this guy, there was another person there who was trying to be my guru. So simultaneously, I had someone telling me that I should be the guru of an ashram we build together. At the same time, there was this another person who was telling me, I'm your guru. And um, and I remember that guy was going to do some ceremony with me on the beach. We were going to go meet on the beach. 
and do a ceremony where we smoked some weed together and he was going to show me enlightenment. But then when I showed up, I had already hey, smoked. What? What? When I showed up, I, I had already smoked smoke some weed on the beach and he's going to show you enlightenment. Right? Dude, I think the gig as a guru is pretty fucking dope. Like, you <laughs> hang out with people and show them enlightenment. That's I mean, if you, you can. That's the if gig. You can. If you can do that, that's the best job that you can be in. Yeah, is to give people enlightenment. That, that's the only goal. It's the only end goal that any of us should have. Well, yeah, dude. If you can do that with singing, start singing. Yeah, well, I don't know if I can do that all the way with singing, but I at least might be able to start making some cracks in people that would maybe break down their ego or maybe strengthen it in other places, but then secretly start to crack it in the back. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strengthen in other places and secretly crack it in the back. Because that's mm-hmm. where you carry your spine. And the spine carries your destiny in all those spaces between the synapse. That's what Freud was saying. If you would look at your spine, your your uh, the spaces between the synapse is where all of your choices are and all of your fears and your traumas. And they are the lens, like a telescope that then reads out to your personality and your character. So the Kundalini yoga, as you're raising the energy through your spine, you're activating your destiny because you're running it through all these synapses and making the jumps through choices, fears, traumas, characters, until you're fully unloaded and you're running at your spine's potential. Wow. Your true power. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting. Yeah, if you you sing that way and start to open people up a little bit. Mm. Even mm-hmm. if you got like 0.3% of somebody to be singing a bit more, I like that's it. That's worth it. It's totally worth it. Exponentially, how much that would grow. Think of the mm. echoing effect. It's not just echoing off a wall or a chamber, it's echoing off of somebody's whole state of personality yeah mm-hmm. i've noticed i've noticed an effect of the group improvisational singing that like how much we're really all in it together and if there's even one person who's kind of shy or like holding back or like doesn't want to go as deep or as wild mm-hmm. they're going to be the like limiting factor. Like the group will kind of hold to that person's willingness to let go. And mm. if yeah. everybody is willing to go hard and get wild, then it'll go there. But it, it, it uh, it's like, it can only go so far and it's, it's limited by people's shyness. Yeah. The limiting factor is holding on to the person that's not willing to let go. Yeah, one person can kind of gum it up because everybody will sense the energy of that person and they'll only go as far as that one person is willing to go. That person needs a metabolic hit when there's a bit of fear involved, when it is going off, when your spine, let the wiggle wiggle, adrenaline, it's fine, take a metabolic hit, that creative edge, live on it, crack in. The public's at 10%. You could be at 90 why are we all at 10 percent bump that are, thing up to 90 start seeing it are you at 10 percent yeah i'm at 10 percent. i just today or yeah it was today coming back from the half pipe listening to egyptian magic 
realizing that I had forgotten that the world is magical. Always come as your first spontaneous impulse. 